Welcome to the Business of Agriculture, a podcast with me, your host, Damian Mason, where we talk about issues that impact the business of food, fuel, and fiber. You are in the business of agriculture. We want you to be effective. We want you to be successful. We want you to be here for the long haul. I love agriculture. You love agriculture. We talk about agriculture on this show. So it's appropriate that today we're going to talk about talking about the business of agriculture. My guest is Mike Perkins. 40 years of experience as a newspaper man. For 30 years, he edited a newspaper. He's a communications expert. Mike Perkins, say hello to our listeners. Hello, listeners. How are you? So Mike Perkins is going to help you become a better writer and talker about what you do. We're told all the time in this business, you got to tell your story. you got to tell ag story. you got to outreach. you got to communicate with our customers. And the thing is, I agree with that. I'm a professional talker. I talk for a living. I don't think we're great at it sometimes, and I want you to be better. So that's why we've got Mr. Perkins here, communications expert, former newspaper man. You remember newspapers? How long has it been? Do I remember newspapers? I wonder if the listeners remember. Sure, I remember them. It's just like yesterday, but yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering if they if they remember them. All. I think they remember them. We've got people here that probably still subscribe to a newspaper. We've got people on our, on our listenership that probably have never bought a newspaper, but they're online. So here's the thing. We want you to be better communicators. We want you to be better talkers, better writers, when you do have to tell Ag's story and your own story. Mike is going to help you with this. I'm going to tell you right now, okay, I talk for a living, and I go to all these conferences all throughout North America where they have uh, me on stage amongst other people, and there might be some very helpful person with an association or a corporate group saying, we've got to get out there, we've got to communicate, you need a great elevator speech. Ladies and gentlemen, please let me just, just stop you in your tracks. I don't like being talked to in elevators. Mike, do you like being talked to in elevators? No, it's creepy. It's absolutely creepy. So this elevator speech thing, really what they're saying is give yourself a one-sentence description of what you do and why you do it and why it matters to them. Best right. advice in the world. Be, be, be brief, be succinct, organize your thoughts, and deliver them directly. I have uh, said before that I don't even like the term elevator speech because, first off, I'm in a lot of elevators in my travels, and nobody talks. And if they do, it's awkward. They're like, I see you've been to the pool. (laughs) Gosh, you're tall. I mean, come on. It's, it's, It's awkward. So it's right up there with passion. I say this all the time. If I have to hear one more corporate entity put out something about how passionate they are, a month ago I shared on LinkedIn a company that makes enzymes for cheese manufacturing said we're passionate about what we do. How damn passionate can you really be about cheese enzymes, ladies and gentlemen? So elevator speeches and passion talk are a little bit lost on me. Now, so, passion in elevators, whole other topic. Uh, we'll... we'll Deal with that another day. If I'm not mistaken, Steven Tyler has a song about that. I think so. (laughs) So we're going to make you a better communicator, but we're not going to necessarily give you an elevator speech. What we are going to do is tell you to be very effective, come up with one sentence that describes what you do and why it matters to the intended recipient. I used to be a political comedian. For a long time, I struggled communicating to my customers or potential prospects how this show was good for them. Then it it came to me after a couple of years. What is this political comedy show? It's bipartisan, political comedy delivered in the persona of Bill Clinton, which is a narrative hook for your audience. 
Oh my, now it makes sense. This guy comes in dressed up as Bill Clinton. He talks like Bill Clinton. Yeah, I talk like Bill Clinton. And I also make a lot of funny jokes. And it's bipartisan, so that way it doesn't matter what their politics are. Boom, bada, boom, bada, boom. What can you do about your own position? You're an ag professional. Can you describe it in one sentence? That's what we're talking about when we say elevator speech. All right, Mike Perkins joining me. He's a communications expert. We're going to talk about something else that happens when we try to communicate about the business of agriculture. Detractors, and we have many, whether they be the HSUS, Humane Society of the United States, PETA, Environmental Working Group, others that oppose modern agriculture, they hear what they want to hear. People that are not really warm to our message will hear what they want to hear. How do we combat that, Mike Perkins? They hear what they want to hear, and you're not going to convince them otherwise. You're not going to convince a professional on the other side of the issue that you're right, just like they're not going to convince you that you're wrong. So what you have to do is you have to look at the audience. Who are you talking to? Who are they talking to? Who are you talking to? And you have to realize that you know more about your business of agriculture than they do. And you can rebut effectively what they're saying as long as you can keep your, keep your wits about you, keep your facts in line, and remain calm. Always remain calm, which is one of my struggles. I'm not a calm person. Mike, uh, in general, ag folks, we're out here making a living. We're selling machinery. We're planting crops. We're processing sugar beets. We're doing what we do. And then the public relations professionals that are hired by cause groups are pros. I mean, they've got master's degrees in how to uh, sway the tide, how to communicate to push their, their agenda. What do you recommend to our folks that are just laymen? Hey, man, they just, they're just ag professionals. They're not PR gurus. You've got to remember that what, what they're doing, they're, do, they're getting, being paid to do this. They're being paid to gin up outrage, concern, worry for some, for some other purpose, for a specific uh, point or an objective that they're trying to make. You are armed with the facts. You're armed with experience. You're armed with perspective. That's what you have going for you. Who's going to make the better argument? Um, they may they may get people more exercised and upset, but you can you can provide perspective, calm, and genuine knowledge about an ag issue that that they can't. Yeah, that's the idea there is, let's face it, that what we really are talking about is an ag professional can say a very heartfelt and genuine uh, thread, hey, you know, you're a PR uh, paid professional for some cause group that wants to dictate your will onto the American people. I say this all the time. PETA doesn't want ethical treatment of animals. They want there to be no animals. They don't want you to even have a dog or a cat, let alone a pork chop or a steak or a cheeseburger or a chicken breast on your plate. Hell, they don't want leather, shoes, or pants in your closet. So the idea that you are going to outgun them from a PR standpoint, probably not. They have hired experts that make a lot of money to create salacious terms. Remember, they invented industrial agriculture, the term. They invented the word factory farm. But why, Mike? Because? Because they want to control. They, they understand that controlling a language, you control the argument. And if they control the language with salacious terms Absolutely. that are meant to evoke emotion, do they have to win on facts? No. No, they win on emotion. They win on, they win on reaction. Uh, but they, you know, you're in the business, in, in ag, you're in the business of raising, raising food, 
growing fiber providing you're in the, and they are in the business of raising money they and in order to raise money they have to they say they want to raise awareness no they're raising money and remember they, their jobs depend solely on them raising money through an uh, incensed uh, emotionally charged populace that does not understand what we do. Mm-hmm. So the best reaction you can have to communicate Ag's story, your business, to talk about what you do and the what cog you run within the business of agriculture is to talk factually, but also appeal to their emotion. Hey, I work for this large company, but you know what we do? We make food that is very safe, that is in abundance, that also has the most variety of any time on earth in the history of humanity, you can get anything you want. I always push the choice thing. I think that that's something we really need to put out there is that so these cause groups are trying to eliminate your choice. They don't want humane treatment of animals. They want there to be no animals. They want your kid to not be able to have a chicken drumstick. Okay, so we talked about elevator speeches. Your point to me once when we were doing our prep was you said it's like a lead in a newspaper article. Yeah, absolutely. You, 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 what you do, you, you prioritize the information you want to present. What's the most important fact you want to convey? Or what's the most important point you want to get across? That is your lead. And that's and your elevator say, speech. And even that's though, your elevator speech. And tell them what we both believe. Just don't deliver it in an elevator. Exactly. <laughs> it's just the wrong place. Okay. Detractors hear what they want to hear. Your point was... You know more. You are the expert. So you're going to have detractors out there. We know that. But you stick with what you know. And then, you know what I think is really effective? Go around the detractors and go straight to our customers. Go to the audience. Know your audience. Know what is important to them. And then, of course, we said that you've got these PR folks. Again, we know that their job is not to raise food. Their job is not even to raise awareness. Their job is to... Raise money. So, so yeah, and, and so your calm choice argument is going to always trump, and that's no, there's no point intended there, but it's going to trump commotion and controversy. What I think we need to really also do, you can really undermine the credibility of some of these cause groups when you just point out, for instance, humane side of the United States spends less than 1% or 2% of their total revenue on helping animal shelters. They spend all of their money on administrative costs and forcing lawsuits to try and put businesses out of business. You go with that, and you just undermine the humane side of the United States. Make sure you make sure you have those numbers well in hand, though. Make sure, and you can, and make sure that you can cite a source for them. If you can cite a source and ta- and 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 present those numbers in the in the uh, at the right time. They're gonna they're they're gonna be speechless. You know, speechless. there's a great group out there. It's uh, I I follow them on Twitter. I believe it's called Humane uh, Watch, where we watch the Humane Society, and we uh, so make sure you check them out. In other words, you can use this to refute all of their claims. Okay, we're talking about effective communication. If you uh, uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, this is the Business of Agriculture, a podcast with me, your host Damian Mason. Today's guest, Mike Perkins, and. A communication expert. He spent 40 years in the newspaper business, 30 years as an editor. He used to edit me in my column. He not knows, easy. Not an easy task. Not an easy task because some folks are just not meant to be edited. <laughs> Here's what I would say. When we're talking about communication, Mr. Perkins, in your history, you've written, you've edited, you've talked, you've been invited to MC, you've been a presenter of stuff. What's the biggest mistake people make and how they communicate 
both orally and in a written form. So let's start with orally. What do people do wrong when they talk? They talk before they think. They, they can't stand to hear silence, so they need to fill it. So they start talking, and eventually they're kind of chasing their point, and they get to it, but it takes a little while. Yeah, we always say this, and, and uh, I've got a comedy background. Most of you know that. My background's comedy, that a lot of folks think that pausing is bad. It's not bad. When you are listening to a really good comedy program, there's going to be pauses built in, and those are intended. You've got the premise. you got the setup. And before that punchline, there's a pause. So it gave your mind a chance to catch up. Not so much that you're going to fill in the thing yourself, just enough to get you there, and then, boom, it drops like a hammer. It's all, it's called timing. And there's an anticipation, too, in silence. People, if they're with you, will anticipate what you're going to say. So when people talk, you think the biggest mistake they make is they believe they have to fill every ounce of time with sound. Exactly. Exactly. Why I wrote a, I did a, uh, a video a couple of months back about that very thing, that from a communication standpoint, don't feel that you need to fill every stitch of the clock with sound. If someone asks you a question, maybe it's about your operation, maybe it's about how you do things in your business, your equipment sales, your ag finance, whatever that question might be, and you then feel compelled to start answering immediately. You go, well, um, uh, um... Umming and awing communicates a lack of confidence or a lack of expertise. So don't be afraid of the pause. Don't be afraid of the few seconds to gain your composure. The biggest mistake, Mr. Perkins, that you see people make when they write. They overwrite. They, they don't get to the point. They try to impress the reader rather than express the thought. Yeah, when you think about this, you're you're so excited and you got caught up because in an English composition 101 or your 10th grade English class, maybe the teacher really rewarded you if you just had glowing, flowing, long, windy uh, paragraphs. Oh, about, we've all done that. Oh, and, and adding the composition. Oh, as I walked through the red carpeted room that smelled like a lavender, as I approached the mountain of the blah, blah, blah. What were you after? Yeah. What were you after? For God's sakes, I asked you a question Get about there. where was the extension cord? <laughs> it didn't need to go through all that. That's right. Okay, so the point is, uh -huh. just get to your point as you write. Absolutely. Uh, Mr. Perkins is uh, our communication expert on this very topic, and he said something about impressing versus expressing. When you're asked to communicate something on your behalf, on your company's behalf, on your business's behalf here in, in agriculture or in whatever you do, you want to express the thought in a very thoughtful but also plain manner. Absolutely. And one thing he just said, he used the words impress and express. I'm going to tell you another one, compress. In comedy, and you've all been there, folks, have you ever had someone tell you a joke and it was a really okay joke, but it could have been better if they just told it better? Part of the problem almost always is they don't tighten it up. In comedy, we talk about tightening it up. Seinfeld calls it being efficient. I used to call it compressing the act. I would sit down and break down video and say, wow, it took me 38 minutes to make this point. I'll bet you I could have done it in 25. It took me three minutes to tell that story to get five laughs. What if I omit a bunch of the unnecessary details and I do it in one and a half minutes and still get the five laughs? That's called compressing. So think about your message. 
Think about how you can deliver it in as few words as possible so that you don't wear out your listener or your reader and you're simply expressing your point in a compressed manner. Okay, we're talking about effective communication. We want you to further your business here within the business of agriculture through effective communication. All right, we're going to talk about maybe some scenarios. Maybe you get approached by the media. Maybe your local paper, maybe CNN, who knows, is going to contact you. So let's just walk through some scenarios because I want you to be able to talk about what it is you do and why it's good for our consumers. Let's just say maybe there's a manure spill or there's a groundwater issue. They come to you because you're seen as an expert. My friend Mike was in the newspaper business for 40 years. He went to lots of normal folks because they needed a perspective. What should these people know? What should they know? They should know that, the, that you, you be as honest as you possibly can. The world is not ending if you have a manure spill in your neighborhood. Um, and you, you talk to them and, uh, about uh, the procedures that are in place to deal with that kind of thing. Let them know it's not taking you by surprise. There are processes to handle it. You don't want it. You don't want to try to try to spin it. You don't want to try to put a happy face on a on a bad situation. Nor do you want to add to anybody's concern by casting it as a catastrophe. Most things aren't. They're in the middle between the two extremes. Just be honest about it. Media likes to spin it as a catastrophe. Remember, folks. I always tell everybody. Don't ever confuse the media with the news. Media is for-profit business. Media is trying to sell shares of stock. They're trying to sell advertisement. They're trying to make money. So don't confuse news with the media. They're after a story. One thing, and this could be anything. We said manure spill. It could be your equipment manufacturer and your equipment just blew up. You don't want that to happen. You don't want people to die in a combine fire. So what are you doing to make sure that doesn't happen? Well, maybe you're in the ag finance business, and we're talking about how right now there's going to be some, some rocky financial moments in agriculture. Yes, I'm in the ag finance business, and I'll tell you about our book of business. Right now, things are blah, blah, blah. Here's what we see happening with our industry, blah, blah, blah. And you give the data, and you point out it's probably not as much of a catastrophe as it's being portrayed. Perspective. Perspective. Uh, have there been ag downturns? Yes. Have there been have there been booms? Yes. That's the cycle. That's that's what happens. Provide perspective. That way you don't go off the deep end one way or the other. You uh, maybe are say invited to be a guest presenter. We we do a lot in agriculture with uh, ag in the classroom, where we want to help the next generation students understand what it is we do, why we do it, and why it's good for them. So, what should we know about communicating to students if we're invited to be a participant at Career Day or any such thing? What should we know as ag professionals talking to students? Keep it simple. Keep it relatable. When you're dealing with students, don't, don't, don't throw balance sheets or return on investment or the terms that they probably aren't going to grasp. Don't give them that. But compare what you do to what they do. What your day looks like. Compare it to what their day looks like. Um, talk about uh, the cost of the equipment that you, uh, that you have or maintain or provide to the cost of uh, their home or the, the, their parents' car, or their car. And by the way, we don't want to do that in a bragging manner. Braggadocio no, gets no. you nowhere, but one thing it would do, think of the perspective it gives when you say, I'm very 
Uh, I'm very committed to my business. I'm the third generation uh, equipment dealer. And uh, to put this in perspective, why this matters to me, I'm out here trying to make a living dealing with selling farm machinery. And I have a piece of equipment, one piece of equipment that a farmer is only going to use for about 20 days of a year. And it costs uh, $425,000. To put that in perspective, the median priced home in the United States of America is $318,000 or whatever that number might be. And now all of a sudden you're like, so this matters to my customers that we get it right. And obviously, as you can understand, we're very committed to what we do. Now you've just given them something like, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, my average customer might have $1.7 million worth of uh, sales of commodities per year. So we take this pretty seriously. Now all of a sudden you've given them some numbers without being a braggart and also not overwhelming them. When you are on vacation and you bump into people, and again, we're not doing elevator speeches, what can you tell our folks about communicating properly to our customer base? Peg your comments to what seems to be most important to them. Know your audience. That's one of the key things. Know your audience. Is Are they in, in, interested more in nutrition, economics, their children's well-being, and then tailor what you're saying as best you can to what you think is their, their key interest. You know, in the business of agriculture, we should be really, really good at this because we know, and, and this is one thing that I will say about our industry, we're really darn good at production, we're really darn good at our information and our innovation. One thing we're bad about, we still think that everybody's hung up on price. I'm here to tell you that if you bump into a couple at uh, you know, Porta Laguna uh, <laughs> on vacation where it costs you $300 a night to be there and, and they start talking about they just, uh, they just uh, can't stand that you know, we're putting chemicals on food, maybe that's because they don't care about how much stuff costs. So we'll stop telling them how cheap their food is. I tell my ag folks this all the time. There's a whole bunch of people that don't care about how cheap their food is. Stop beating them over the head with how cheap their food is. I'll tell you this. A country that's concerned about cheap food doesn't spend $21 billion on plastic bottles of water. Water's free, folks. So again, Mike Perkins here helping you be a more effective agricultural business person through better communication. He's going to tell you, know your audience. Again, are these people concerned about environmental issues? Is that their top thing? Are they mostly concerned about uh, maybe nutrition? If they're concerned about the environment, tell them how important the environment is to you. Yeah. Mr. Perkins and I were talking before we came on air, and he said, of all the people that care about the environment, ag people. Our livelihoods depend on it. Uh, we care about the weather. For crying out loud, we know that we got to have the right rain. we got to have the right temperature. We can't get our soil out of the ground if we don't have the right uh, soil temperature. We care a lot about this. So one thing that we can do is always understand our audience. And I, I would say, by the way, environmental issues are what we should be communicating a lot. Why do we use GMOs? Because they allow us to use less herbicide, less diesel fuel, less trips across the field, less soil erosion happens because of that, and we're using less manpower. We're making things better for the environment through advances. Environmentalism is a big, big hot button. Okay, here's a, a couple of thoughts for us. Again, the objective is to give you nuggets you can take with you to make you a more effective communicator that make you better in the business of agriculture because you know how to talk, how to write. When you write a headline and column, you structure it how. In other words, Mike, share with these people 
When you used to be in the newspaper business, you structure a column in a certain way. And really, you've pointed out to me, we should do that when we write or when we talk, period. Exactly. Uh, a, a headline attracts people's attention. It gets you to listen. It's, it's saying, hey, you, read this. Then, what you want them to read, you, you prioritize the information. The most important information you give them first. In case they get bored with you, at least you've gotten your main point across. There's your lead. Develop that lead, and then we call it the inverted pyramid, and that's just what it is. It's larger at the top than it is at the bottom. The least important information you need to convey should be at the bottom of that pyramid. Folks, I want you to, I want you to digest that real quickly. The inverted pyramid is the uh, journalistic process of putting the headline in that captures them. They taught me a long time ago, for instance, I used to do radio, uh, that radio should be three things, compelling, relevant, entertaining. So I do this with my speeches, and you can do this with how you talk to anybody about the business of agriculture. Compelling means why do they tune in to your radio station? Compelling means why do they even start to read the article because of the headline? Compel what compels them to come in? Relevant. Why does it matter to them? That's why they're going to keep reading because, oh, this means something to what's in it for me. There you go. That's what every, how many times do you ask that as a, as a background question to everything you hear? So, and then we say compelling, relevant, and entertaining. Now, you're saying, I'm not entertaining. I'm a, I'm a farm equipment salesperson. I sell anhydrous. What do I mean? I'm not here. I'm an ag banker. Entertaining, okay, admittedly, you're probably not going to be up here uh, being, you know, Comedy Joe. But let's admit it. What I'm saying about the entertainment aspect of a radio show is that they'll come back tomorrow. For instance, I want you to have enough compelling that you're going to tune into me, relevant that it means something to you, and you're going to stay with me. And there's going to be a factor that brings you back tomorrow. And that's the entertainment factor. Wow, I really got something out of this. I thought that was clever. It was a little bit cute. It was funny. Whatever it is that brings you back tomorrow. So always remember the CRE. Put your most important information at the top, back it up, then right afterwards. And then, of course, the stuff at the bottom is peripheral support. Any other thoughts on the inverted pyramid of how people can better communicate by using that method? It's just, it's just logical. What If you think, what if I had one point I want to make to this person I'm talking to, what is that point? There's your lead. Make that point. And then if their eyes glaze over and they want and they tune you out, you've still made your point. Okay. So we're talking to Mike Perkins, communication expert, 40 years of experience in the newspaper business, used to be an editor for 30 years. He understands how to communicate. Is there anything then we said, going back, we said what people do mostly wrong is they belabor the point and don't get to the point. They meander. Exactly. Verbally, they meander. Orally or written. They meander. And then you said when people write, whether it's on a social media or a blog or an article that they've been asked to pin or a letter or an email, they overwrite. They write to impress rather than to express their thought. Okay. We also said that the main thing about an elevator speech, please don't give them first off. Secondly, we said a great thing about an elevator speech is it's really just saying, here's your lead. Exactly. So what you're saying is here is what I do, why it matters, why it matters to you. Mm -hmm. And then we said that uh, we talked about detractors. We talked about PR folks. Best thing we're going to do about going up against the PR machines is notify the around, go around them to notify our customers that. 
you can't outshout them. You can't. You can't. Uh, you can't talk. You 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 can't win that kind of a battle with them. You have to win a battle on the merits, on the issue. One thing that we know that the paid professional PR people are really all about is raising money. They'll say they're raising awareness, they're raising money for themselves. We can undermine them at about every juncture when we point out you are really just doing this to create a salaciousness and an emotion amongst our customers through misinformation so that you can continue to pilfer their money through donations and try and put me out of business. Their stock and trade is controversy and commotion. You're going to battle that with calm, collected information and going around them to the end consumer. We talked about ways to communicate better in different scenarios, whether you're in front of the school. Of course, we said always make it relatable to them. Always make it relatable to your audience. And then Mr. Perkins said the main thing we need to understand is get to the point. Get to the point. Know your audience. Get to the point. And most of all, trust your knowledge. You're the experts. This is your business. You're the people with the, with the credibility, the experience. It's your money on the line. It's your livelihood on the line. You're the expert. Trust that. I always say uh, some things that we do too much, we get too technical, we get too scientific. You are the expert. You do have the knowledge. You are much more knowledgeable about stuff than you probably realize and certainly more so than our customers. So you just heard it from communications experts helping you be a more effective communicator. Trust your knowledge. Get to the point and obviously know your audience. You'll always have a little different tweak in how you deliver what you have to deliver based on who they are. I'm Damian Mason. You've joined me, and I appreciate it, on the Business of Agriculture, a podcast. We talk about issues that impact the business of food, fuel, and fiber. Today's guest, Mike Perkins. Thank you, Mr. Perkins, for joining us. My pleasure, Mr. Mason. The communications will be much more effective now that you have joined us. Thank you. Come back again. I would love to have you because we always try and give you a nugget you can use to further yourself, advancement, and, and being more profitable in the business of agriculture. Thanks a lot.